This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 183. Why is self-care so important for HSPs? If you're going through life merely surviving, regularly feeling overwhelmed or stressed, or a little bit like you're living your life running on a hamster wheel, today's episode is for you. And I know you feel like you don't have time and adding self-care practices to your schedule seems like just this extra thing to do, but I hope that by the end of the episode, you will see how easy self-care can be and how worth it it is for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, and how it can also allow you to live a more authentic and fulfilling life. I know. Big promises, but stay with me and I'll show you how that's possible. In today's episode, we'll talk about what is self-care, but also what it's not, why it matters for everyone, but particularly for highly sensitive people. We'll look at the signs that say you might need a little bit more self-care and we'll look at how to do that, how to connect to those signs when you're feeling a little bit disconnected or numb, which is not uncommon for HSPs as it's a way to protect yourself from the intensity of the world. We will also go over strategies to help you implement those new self-care practices and set up a plan for you so you don't have to deal with choice fatigue when it comes to supporting yourself and your sensitivity. If today's episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. Leave a review on iTunes to help them find the episode or the podcast in general or share your takeaways on social media. I always love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and you share something you've learned on IG, make sure to tag me at on and off your mat podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode. It's going to be a good one. Welcome back, guys. First things first, let's unravel the mystery of what self-care is all about and also what it isn't. Self-care is not just a fleeting indulgence or a one-time treat. It's not solely about bubble baths and face masks, although those can be delightful. Self-care is more of a holistic practice that nourishes your mind, body, and spirit on a regular basis. It's about cultivating a deep connection with yourself and tending to your needs, just like a loving gardener would nurture their precious plants. For me, especially as a highly sensitive person, self-care at its core is a way to take responsibility for your own well-being. It's recognizing that you are the captain of your own ship, steering it towards calmer waters or sunnier skies if you want to. It's acknowledging that you have the power to prioritize yourself and make choice to support your physical, mental, emotional health and happiness. So by taking responsibility, you become an active participant in your own life, learning to honor your needs and nurture yourself with a bit more kindness and intention. At the bare minimum, self-care is making conscious choices about how you allocate your time and energy. It's creating a balance between giving and receiving, between doing and being. It's that gentle art of listening to the inner voice and responding with care. And I know, of course, self-care can mean different things to different people, but in its most basic form, it's about honoring your needs, your own boundaries, saying no when it's necessary, and creating space for activities that bring you joy and rejuvenation. It's that blissful pause in a busy day to sip your favorite tea, to take a few deep breaths, 
or to indulge, quote unquote, in a moment of quiet or solitude, even if that's only available to you when you sit on the toilet and close the door for a minute. For me, self-care and self-compassion also go hand in hand like two peas in a pot. Because when you practice self-care, you are actively expressing love and compassion towards yourself. It's an act of acknowledging your worthiness and embracing your inherent value. Self-compassion means treating yourself with kindness, with understanding, with forgiveness, or just how you would treat a dear friend. By weaving self-compassion into your self-care routine, you cultivate a nurturing relationship with yourself, fostering a little bit more growth, healing, and resilience rather than harsh criticism and self-judgment. I also see self-care as like a secret weapon to move from surviving to thriving. Life can be a roller coaster ride. And as a highly sensitive person, you feel its twist and turns more intensely. So self-care becomes your intentional actions and practices that help you get anchored, even if life feels a little chaotic. It can empower you to manage your stress, to protect your energy, and to restore a sense of balance. It can help you build resilience, enable you to bounce back from challenges a little easier or with more grace or more strength. And through self-care, we reclaim our power, transforming that survival mode into a thriving, vibrant existence. Lastly, self-care serves as a powerful tool for developing a profound understanding of your own nervous system. And you know how much I love your nervous system. As highly sensitive people, we have a finely tuned radar for external and internal stimuli. So by practicing self-care, we cultivate a heightened awareness of our own level of energy, emotions, and need for boundaries. We become more attuned to the subtle signal that indicate that we're edging towards depletion. So through this deeper relationship with your nervous system, you can gain the ability to recognize the early, early signs of burnout. You can detect the whisper of fatigue, the whispers of overwhelm, the whispers of emotional exhaustion before they escalate into a full-blown meltdown. Self-care becomes then your ally in preemptively addressing your needs, putting extra strategies in place to replenish and restore yourself. All right, now that we've looked at what self-care is, let's debunk some self-care myths that might be floating around in your head. You know that Yeah, I hear you, but what's your but? Do you feel like self-care is selfish? Are you judging yourself to give yourself that time and that attention? Or are you afraid that other people will judge you? Do you tell yourself the story that you don't have time or that it is expensive? Those are all myths that are very common. But myth number one is probably the most common is that self-care is selfish. I think that couldn't be further from the truth. Self-care is not a selfish act, but rather a crucial aspect of self-preservation that enables you to maintain your physical, mental, and emotional health. So in the end, it's actually kind of an act of selflessness because by taking care of yourself, you are better equipped to show up more fully in the world and be there for others. It's like putting your own oxygen mask before assisting someone else on a turbulent flight right? You take care of yourself so you can help others. Myth number two that's very common is that self-care requires extravagant time 
or end resources. And again, nope, not at all. Self-care is really customizable to fit your lifestyle and doesn't have to break the bank. It can be a nap. It could be taking a leisure stroll in nature. It could be indulging in a good book. It's about finding those small but meaningful moments throughout the day that help you feel more replenished in your energy and that bring you more joy. Since it's about nurturing your physical well-being by honoring your body's signals, things like getting more rest or nourishing yourself with wholesome foods or moving your body in a way that feels good are all things that are free that are self-care. And if you think about fostering emotional well-being, you can choose practices like journaling or meditation or asking a good friend for support, for holding space, for chatting. And if you look at it from the lens of embracing your spiritual well-being, you might choose something like connecting with nature, practicing gratitude, or engaging in any free activity that ignite your soul, music, dancing, right? So all of these things are ways that you can practice self-care that don't require time or money, and that help you actually be a better person to show up into the world. Now, you might be sold already, but I'm going to keep selling it to you. So let's delve into why self-care matters, especially for highly sensitive people, and let's look at the benefits it can bring you. I think self-care is a game changer for HSP because it equips you with powerful tools to manage stress, overwhelm, and burnout. And as highly sensitive being, we can absorb and process stimuli from the environment way more deeply. This heightened sensitivity can lead to our sensory overload. So self-care acts as a shield, allowing you to create a safe space around you and replenish your energy reserves so you don't get overwhelmed and you avoid burnout. One of the incredible benefits of self-care for HSPs is its positive impact on your emotional regulation and the reduction of your reactivity. HSPs have a rich and complex emotional landscape, which can sometimes lead to feeling overwhelmed by the intensity of your emotions. In that case, self-care offers a sanctuary where you can tend to your emotional well-being. By consistently practicing self-care, you learn to develop the skills you need to regulate your emotions, allowing you to respond to life challenges with greater calm, clarity, and resilience. Finally, self-care is a vital tool for highly sensitive people to build resilience and to widen your window of tolerance. Resilience is the ability to bounce back from adversity and navigate life's up and down with greater ease. And HSP may have a narrow window of tolerance for stressors due to their already heightened sensitivity. Self-care serves as a mean to widen that window by nurturing your overall well-being, your baseline of well-being. Throughout self-care practices, you can cultivate a sense of inner stability, adaptability, and the ability to recover more quickly from your stressors, allowing you to thrive even with your sensitive nature in a world that's not meant for sensitive people. Now, I'm pretty sure you're sold at this point. I mean, who doesn't want less overwhelm, less emotional reactivity, more calm, more adaptability, more resiliency? But Let's look at more examples. Self-care is often split into four types. So let's look at those four and I'll add an extra one. Guess for what? For your nervous system. 
So first, let's talk about physical self-care. This is all about lovingly tending to your body, inside and out. It's like giving yourself a delicious high five for being the incredible vessel that carries you through life. Physical self-care can include mindful movement, like taking a gentle walk in nature, practicing yoga, tai chi, qigong, dancing, or more active movement. Anything that gets your heart rate up, that helps you get your sweat on, are also helpful for your baseline of health. Getting a massage or practicing self-massage with balls, with foam rollers, with your hands, with gua sha's, all ways that you can tend to your body. And here you can include indulging in a warm bubble bath if you want to. And don't forget the joy of nourishing your body with yummy, nutritious food that make your taste bud dense with delight. And a good dose of hydration, a good dose of sunlight exposure, and plenty of quality sleep will really take you a long way. Spending time outside in nature, taking care of all your senses. So you might include aromatherapy or things like art. I love pottery for touch and presence. And then of course, your breath. Your breath is part of your physical body, energy too, but physical. And so your breath will allow you to tend to your physical body. One last example, you can use weighted blankets or other things that are heavy on your body for relaxation. Now, let's look at our self-care menu for mental self-care. This is where we give our beautiful brains a break from the constant chatter and embrace moments of calm and clarity. It can involve engaging in activities that stimulate your mind, like reading a good book, solving a puzzle, or learning something new. But it can also be about finding ways to unwind and quiet the mental noise. Think guided meditation, visualization, journaling about your thoughts and feelings, or engaging in creating outlet like painting, knitting, or playing an instrument. And hey, don't underestimate the power of a good old-fashioned nap too to recharge those mental batteries. I would also consider a little like tech detox, right? Decluttering your space and even laughter yoga or laughter therapy or just the good stand-up comedy to get out of your daily dread of bad news that's coming your way. So those are ways that you can take care of your mind. Now let's dive into the realm of emotional self-care. This type of self-care is all about acknowledging and honoring your feelings, creating safe space for emotional well-being. It's about listening to your heart and its whispers and giving yourself permission to express and process your emotions. So emotional self-care can take many forms. It could be talking to a trusted friend or a therapist. It could be practicing self-compassion, gratitude, forgiveness. It might be engaging in activities that bring you joy and laughter or activities that on purpose allow you to get a good cry, you know, to release that pent up energy and emotions. Oh, and cuddling up with a furry friend or with a human friend can be some serious emotional self-care magic. Using practices to cultivate safety from within will also be helpful. And you can see our episode 151, the key to feeling safe for all safety practices that you can introduce in your self-care practice. Anything that will help you feel your emotion or move the energy of emotion throughout the body will be helpful. A lot of what we do in somatic coaching is that and is also very great and supportive for you. Finally, engaging in random acts of kindness or volunteering for a cause that you care about can really uplift your spirit and foster a sense of connection. Up next, we have spiritual self-care, which nourishes the deepest part of your being. 
It's about connecting with something greater than yourself and finding meaning in life. Spiritual self-care can encompass various practices, such as meditation, prayer, again, spending time in nature, or engaging in rituals and ceremonies, exploring your personal beliefs and values. It's about creating safe space for introspection. It's about finding moments for awe and gratitude and things that feel aligned with your soul and your soul's purpose. And hey, you can let your inner child out to play by connecting to your senses and your sense of wonder and indulging in the little stargazing or cloud watching. That for me would be some spiritual self-care as well. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. I'm adding nervous system. I wanted to add that special category based on the nervous system just because this is something that I teach so much about. And this is where we dive into the relationship that we have with our particular sensitive nervous system. So here it's about choosing self-care practices that help you recognize your own limits, honor your own energy, create an environment that supports your well-being, right? Nervous system self-care practices can involve activities like grounding practices or engaging in breathing practices or meditating practices. We do a lot of shaking of vagus nerve activation, humming, singing, cold exposure, and so on. If you want all the tools to regulate your nervous system, you can check out episode 128, Tools to Regulate Your Nervous System, for more. And also, who says like a good old dance party is not helpful? I love a good dance party. Or even belting out to your favorite tunes in the shower or in the car, that can be part of your nervous system self-care repertoire. Self-care can be practiced on a regular basis especially if you think about your nervous system, but also your physical, your emotional, your mental, and your spiritual well-being. Some of those might feel more needed on a regular base, and some of those might feel more needed, like not in a day-to-day, but when you feel the need to practice them. There are times where you might need a little extra support. You might be feeling like a balloon that's been inflated just a little too much. Or you might find yourself easily overwhelmed or like your emotion are doing the cha-cha dance (laughs) and your nerves are buzzing like an overly caffeinated bumblebee. Well, these are all telltale signs that you might need a little extra TLC in the self-care department. So here's a little self-care checklist for you. Take a moment to reflect and answer these questions and see if any of these ring true for you. Do you find yourself feeling easily overwhelmed or emotionally exhausted? It's like your energy tank is running on fumes and even the smallest thing, like a, they feel like a giant mountain to climb. Next, are you experiencing heightened sensitivity to sensory stimuli? Like do bright lights, loud noises, or crowded environments make you feel like a live wire? If so, it might be time to give your sensitive nervous system some extra loving care. Moving on. Are you feeling physically or mentally drained? Are you struggling to concentrate or to make decisions? The hustle and bustle of life can take a toll on your HSP minds, leaving you feeling like you're juggling a hundred thoughts at once. Additionally, are you noticing an increase in your anxiety, irritability, or mood swings? 
HSPs have a knack for absorbing emotion and energy from those around them. So if you're not careful, you can feel like you're caught up in an emotional worn wheel. Those would be signs that you need extra self-care. Another sign to watch out for is just a general decline of your overall being. Are you neglecting your own needs and putting everyone else first? Remember, self-care is not selfish. It's necessary for your own health and your own happiness. Are you experiencing difficulties with sleep? Or find it like more difficult to wind down and relax than usual? Are you experiencing racing thoughts or deep reflections that kind of keep you stuck on the loop? Right? Soothing those frazzled nerves with self-care practices can really work wonders. So if you're saying yes, you need more self-care. Last but not least, are you feeling a lack of inspiration or a lack of joy in your life? HSP have a rich inner world and a deep connection to emotions. And when that spark feels diminished, it's a clear sign that some self-care is needed. Remembering that self-care is a powerful tool to manage your overwhelm, your stress, and your burnout, it's like giving yourself a permission slip to prioritize your well-being and create a sanctuary of calm. So now, if you're nodding your head along to any of these signs, it is time to hit that self-care switch. Take a step back, honor your sensitivity, and make space for more self-compassion. This is where you're going to give yourself permission to take that time for yourself. Now, I know this can be hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes to even know what we want or what we need. So here's an extra little tip. When you're faced with feelings of disconnection or numbness, it's essential to explore how you can reconnect with yourself first. You can start by creating a safe and nurturing space for yourself, finding a quiet corner of your home or venturing into nature, allowing yourself to feel grounded and supported. From there, you can take a few deep breaths, really centering yourself in the present moment. From that place of being centered, grounded, and in the present moment, engage in practices that encourage your self-reflection and your introspection. Journaling can be a powerful tool to uncover and process your emotions, so let yourself write freely without judgment and allowing the thoughts to flow onto pages just like the feelings. You can also explore mindfulness or meditation practices to cultivate awareness and reconnect to the present moment if this is where it's not quite happening. You can seek out activities that ignite your passion and bring you joy. And this might involve like pursuing hobbies that light your soul. Maybe it's playing an instrument or doing art or dancing like no one else is watching. Allow yourself to be fully immersed in these activities, embracing the joy it brings. And that will in turn make you feel more connected with yourself and bring you more clarity on what you need. Ultimately, the key to reconnecting lies in honoring your unique needs and desires. So you have to trust your intuition and listen closely to the whispers of your heart, taking the time to reconnect first if you need. Now, when you're clear and you're ready to take action, you might come across one more roadblock, and that is implementation. Starting any new routine or any new habit can be really difficult. So here are some strategies to implement your new self-care routines, especially when your schedule feels so full and overwhelming already. I have some strategies up my sleeve to help you make self-care a non-negotiable part of your day. First, start small. 
Break down your desired self-care habit into a tiny manageable step that you can realistically accomplish every day. Maybe in week one, you focus on practicing on one quick thing. Maybe it's three rounds of a breath, right? In my coaching in the first week, we do one eye exercise, one eye stretch. That's it. In week number two, we add another small habit, and that is a physiological sigh. So it's three rounds of a breath that's really simple. By starting really small, we build confidence and we create a solid foundation for your self-care routine. So you don't get overwhelmed by your self-care routine and then you quit after just a few days because then that's really not helpful. So start small. Next, create a habit stack. This is a concept of pairing your new self-care habit with an existing habit that you already do consistently with ease. For example, if you're already in the habit of brushing your teeth every morning, you can stack something else right before or right after. That might be gargling warm water or humming your favorite song for 30 seconds, right? This way you're using the existing routine and it's acting as a cue and a reminder for your new self-care habit. It doesn't have to be complicated. There's things that you already do every day. So just tag something else along with it and make it a little package. Speaking of cues, you can choose a specific cue that will trigger your self-care habit as well. It could be like a particular time of day, something like first thing when I wake up in the morning or last thing before I go to bed, first thing after lunch or first thing before breakfast, right? So having particular times of day that you experience every day in your regular routine helps you associate your habit with an action that you're already doing. So maybe it's like, while my tea is brewing, I'm going to take a few deep breaths, right? By linking your habit to a cue, you create a clear trigger that prompts you to engage in self-care because one of the reasons why we stop practicing is that we forget. So if you tag it at a certain time in your day, that can also be helpful. To help solidify your habit, then you can develop a craving for it. How do you do that? You focus on the benefits and the rewards that you will receive from practicing self-care. You can visualize the relaxation and the nervous system reset you'll experience. You can remind yourself of the positive impact it could have on your overall well-being. And by creating a positive association, you'll naturally crave that action and you'll look forward to your self-care practices because you want and you desire the result in your life. So make it easy for yourself and remove any barriers, any obstacle that might hinder your self-care routine. If possible, stay in bed a couple extra minutes and practice in bed a little mindfulness or your favorite self-care activity. By eliminating the unnecessary step or by making your self-care easily accessible, then you remove one potential roadblock and you make it more likely that you will follow through. But remember, it's progress, not perfection. So celebrate even the smallest victories along the way and focus on building momentum over time. Visual cues such as a habit tracker or a sticky note can serve as a gentle reminder to keep your self-care goals in sight. And then you can also stay accountable by sharing your habit with someone else or joining a community of like-minded individuals that can provide support, motivation, and a sense of collective progress. 
Last but not least, don't forget to reward yourself. It might seem silly because self-care might feel like a reward already, but in general, celebrating your success and taking the time to acknowledging your efforts will help you with consistency and with follow-through, even if it's about your self-care routine. So whether you're treating yourself to your favorite activity or you're indulging in a relaxing spa day or you're simply giving yourself a pat on the back, rewards can be a powerful tool to reinforce new positive habits. So my HSB friend, arm yourself with these strategies and make self-care an integral part of your life. Remember that small steps and consistent effort will lead you to lasting changes. Resist the urge of changing everything in one day, (laughs) but prioritize your well-being and watch as your self-care routine flourishes, how your sensitive soul is more supported on its journey to balance and thriving. Now that we've learned about the importance of self-care for your sensitive soul, it's time to make a plan and embark on your self-care journey with intention. Start by carving out dedicated time for your self-care in your schedule. This is how we treat it as a non-negotiable. Take an appointment with yourself, just like you would with any other important commitment. Whether it's just a few minutes each day or it's a longer block of time at once, set aside this precious time for nurturing your well-being. You can even put a reminder on your phone like a little alarm, like, oh, it's time for my self-care practice. Really take the time to look at your calendar and decide when and where you will do it. Next, identify the self-care practices that resonate most with you. Reflect on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and nervous system-based self-care strategy we've explored together and the hundreds of others you can include. Choose the ones that align with your needs and your preferences as an HSP. Because self-care is not just a personal journey, but it's really about what works for you because that might not work for someone else. And if you can trust your intuition in selecting the right activities that genuinely nourish and recharge your soul, it's going to get easier to do. So let go of the shoulds and what other people tell you you should do and tune in and decide for yourself. Once you have a self-care practice in mind, break it down into tiny actionable steps. Make them specific, even measurable, so you can know exactly what you need to do and how it's helping you. For example, if your self-care practice involves journaling, in your mind, or you can even make a contract with yourself, you can specify the frequency. I will be journaling for 10 minutes every day. Or here's a list of prompts you can use, right? Breaking down your plan into small, manageable steps makes it easier to follow through and build consistency. To stay accountable, you can also consider sharing your self-care plan with a trusted friend or with me. I would love to see it. And especially someone that could provide support and encouragement, but I would be curious and I'd be happy to look at it. Alternatively, you can find online communities or forum where you can connect with like-minded individuals who are also committed to their self-care journey. And this is why we do in the Sensitivity Reset. We have this whole Slack channel when we can share what we're doing. We can support each other. We can get accountability. We can ask questions. We can inspire and motivate each other. So we all stay on track. Now, remember self-care is not a one-time event, right? It's a lifelong practice. So you have to embrace on your journey with compassion, but also flexibility. Like if you miss a day, you encounter an obstacle, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be all or nothing. Like, oh, I missed a day. Might as well not continue. 
just get back on the horse the next day, right? You can simply acknowledge the slip up. You can recommit to your self-care plan and you just keep on moving on. Progress comes for consistent effort and willingness to prioritize your well-being. It doesn't have to be perfect. And as you embark on this path of self-care and you celebrate your wins, both big or small, you'll start to note the positive changes in your experience. The moments of calm and the moments of joy become more frequent. Your resilience that starts to bloom from within. So let your self-care plan be a roadmap to self-discovery, to self-compassion, to embracing your sensitivity, to even making it into a superpower. It has to start with you taking care of yourself. So my dear, highly sensitive soul, it's time to put your self-care plan into action. Let it guide you on your journey to a more balanced and fulfilled life. You deserve the love, the care, the attention. You deserve to invest in yourself. So trust in your ability to create a life that supports your sensitive nature and watch as self-care becomes a transformative practice that nourishes your soul and allows you to shine as a uniquely beautiful HSP that you are. With all this, if you need help implementing, I've got you. Reach out and we'll figure out your next steps together. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. And if this episode has helped you in any way, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave your review to say thank you, I will give you access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at ericabelanger.com slash 183. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And that includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll see you next Monday.